Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr, live from the bunker. Live, and and uh, you mentioned earlier you were enlightened. I, I feel enlightened. First of all, uh, before we talk about the debate, uh, we should recognize that this is the saint day of St. Damien and St. Cosmos. They were brothers in Arabia, and they are the patron saints of pharmacists. Uh, they were they practiced medicine. They were killed during a persecution in the late third century. And why we should celebrate them is I I was at an elders and deacons meeting before this before I came to watch the debate, and I brought up that we should be agents of peace and reconciliation during this divided time in our country. And one of my deacons suggested that we all should smoke more pot. So you're saying we should pray to the uh, saints of well, self-medication? And having watched the debate, I think she may have been right. Well, sometimes self-medication is, uh, he's, he's, he's one of the, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. One of my dogs is named Damien. He's near and dear to me. But at any rate, we watched the uh, debate together. By the way, thank you for hosting and giving me some fine whiskey. I was doing my in the name of St. Damien. Yeah, we did. We actually, some of you, we live, we did Facebook Live for, for the first time that we've done this really to promote our podcast. And thank you. Thank you for your comments. Those of you who sent them to us. Appreciate that. Yeah, I felt like I, it's, it's, I, I, this is a very interesting debate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I mean, oh it my. felt like, you know, I think before we turned off the television, Eugene Robinson, who's Washington Post, right. uh, Pulitzer Prize winning columnist, and he's on MSNBC a lot. And he said, I feel like there were two parallel conversations, like two different conversations. Right. They really, and I, I think that's a pretty good assessment of some of what I saw go on. It did feel like two different conversations. It, it did, yeah. I mean, I think it never got too bizarre, which is good. I mean, I mean, again, the bar is low for this year for what counts as bizarre. Uh, I think Lester Holt did a pretty good job. He got talked over a good bit, particularly by Trump. But I think, you know, you're not walking away from this debate talking about Lester Holt, which is a good thing. He's a dignified guy. Do you think that he's going to like, they're going to stay with him? Is he still the anchor, right? He is still the anchor. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I think it was hilarious that Trump said, well, you know, he's a Democrat and he won't be fair. Well, he's a re- registered Republican, and his campaign manager, well, he was said, well, Donald Trump lied about saying that he was a re- Democrat, and Donald Trump's uh, campaign manager said, well, it can't be a lie because he didn't know when he said it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't, like, it's like George Costanza. That's wrong. Uh, yeah, I didn't so. know that. From now on, I will never do that again. Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> The other thing I have to say, I, I mean, I almost put this on Facebook, but I just restrained myself. But I was listening to different people, different pundits today talking about the debate. And someone said that Hillary Clinton's problem is that she knows too much. Oh, yeah, that's it. They, somebody said, well, if Trump, you know, they, I heard the same thing. Like they, Somebody said that, well, if Donald Trump, if his problem is, you know, he's got to show people that. You know, he, he, he knows enough, like, you know, and her problem might be she looks like a know-it-all. Yeah, I said, you know, it, I, I in, in, in voting for I don't mind voting for people that, that know a lot. In fact, I, I think it, it, <laughs> I actually think that's an, an asset. Okay, we here at New Persuasive Words are actually for knowledge. For no, we, we are for knowledge, and despite theologically... This is controversial these days. We're not totally against discovery. <laughs> no, we're, we're not against 
Hey, can I also say, I, retreat, I uh, reposted something you said about a Harvard study that uh, really said that the press had been unfair to Hillary Clinton, in part because she was old news. And both Bernie Sanders and Trump, you know, were kind of a novelty. And so for a lot of different reasons, it perpetuated the story. And I had someone say, well, Harvard, it must be true if Harvard said it sarcastically on my Facebook point page. And, you know, the guy didn't even read the thing. I'm sure he didn't read the thing. And it's hilarious. Suddenly, being from an Ivy League school is a, is a you know, it's a liability. I, I mean, I wonder if he walked in, you know, if he has to have... What if the study was from Hofstra? Hofstra. Well, I wonder if, you know, like if he has to have major surgery. And he goes, I don't want any Ivy League surgeons or anybody who went to John Hopkins touching me at all. Give me Podunk State all the time. You know, it's really interesting. Like in, in the show Billions, which is fabulous. I, mean, I can't wait for season two. It, you know, it's Paul Giamatti playing opposite, oh, the guy from Homeland with the red hair, British actor, I can't think of his name now, but, and, and, and it's sort of like this hedge fund guy who, you know, is loved and hated by the public, right. you know, like it's, you know, there's a, maybe a Trump connection there on some level. And Paul Giamatti is a prosecutor who always wins his cases, but hasn't gone after this guy. And he, he's a very kind of legalistic morality, um, but really, you know, has a sense of justice as well. So, this guy, the guy who's the financier, has built this massive investment company, like the biggest venture capital investment company, like in in, in the world. One of the big. and on the first episode, they're talking about his 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 bio. They're introducing the character and two of his employees. You know, these young sort of testosterone addicted and fueled, you know, investment type guys go. You believe that guy went to Hofstra? Because they're <laughs> all from like Harvard and Stanford. Right. He went to Hofstra. So Hofstra. You know, hey, it's a Hof- big year for us. Hofstra is a fine school on Long Island. Yeah. It is a fine school. It has a, has a pretty good lacrosse program. Um, all right. So let's get back to the debate. Uh, you know, I just, I, I have to admit, I wanted it to be over about 20 minutes before it was over. Well, and I have to, I have to uh, admit, I was also watching the football game on my laptop while we're watching the debate, but I can multitask. Yeah, you are a good multitasker. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know what? I it it, it didn't it, it it wasn't too bad. Here's my question: uh. at the point where Hillary Clinton seemed to agree with Donald Trump on stop and frisk, or at least kind of like I agree, both bit. mayors kind of at least she sort of. Do you think like do you think she picked up more of the white nationalist vote <laughs> than Trump lost of the, of the African American vote? Yeah, I, again, like uh, I, I'm glad that. Uh, Donald Trump, the great champion of uh, of the African American minorities. Yeah, I yeah. Do you think someone in the Clinton campaign was like, "Look, if you just give like a little bit of a law and order, like not much, just a little bit of a tip of the hand, you know, the, hey, you could get like one point five percent of the white nationalists vote. Never, no Democrat in the Clinton has ever gone past point eight. You could double the white. Yeah, <laughs> law and order. That's the two words I want to give to you: law and order. As opposed to order and law. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you had to pick a winner tonight, I, I don't know that anyone was a clear cut. I think you have to say, like Hillary Clinton, I think is, and I, I'm trying not to be, I'm just trying to be objective or fair. Or at least, that, I mean, well, it depends. So here's the thing that's interesting. Somebody, she spoke in complete sentences and she, she has, did. and she has ideas and she has some policies. and. For the most part, when he was saying 
asinine things, she didn't seem too smug. No, she seemed pretty human. I, you know, she actually went on between two ferns with Zach. Yeah, Galvin. that was great. I loved that. That was. Great. I thought she was great. There, it's interesting too. I actually thought that Donald Trump on Jimmy Fallon seemed seemed like more of a a person. I mean, like in the sense of you know, he just seemed like someone that that was. Uh, it, it's just interesting how sometimes politicians go in certain contexts, right? And they actually sometimes don't look like politicians. And I, I felt like her, she she did look more comfortable in her own skin. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny. In some levels, these two people have been public personas for their entire adult life on that one level or the other. And and they both, I mean, in some levels, their public persona is both. They're both built on protecting. I think from some. Some pain, some some scarring. I mean, I mean, I think Donald Trump is a remarkably shallow human being, and and I think. Hillary, Tell me how you really feel. And I think Hillary Clinton has been a person who spent most of her adult life shadow shadow boxing, and so on some levels, this our country is is brought to this point, and and I think she gets a lot of. I mean, I I I do think the way she's assessed is sexist. Um, she has the baggage not of her own record, but also of her husband. And in some levels, I mean, she's been a whippy post for a lot of people for 30 years, and that's just not right. Donald Trump, I, I think this was a diversion that got serious on him. He's big league. <laughs> and and I I guess who I really want to indict is is we the American people. This is where we're at. And, you know, we can feel smug and superior and criticize the candidates, but this is who we are as a people, and this is what we have wrought. And so we can feel superior by, you know, knocking both of them down, but this is who we are. I don't blame the American people. I blame the writer strike. uh, (laughs) And then what did they do? Well, we'll just put more reality TV on. And so it's the. So well, you already right, give a little content. I, I know where you're going, but you, I, I, you think that, about this, this is maybe you may be absolutely right here. That that's even. I'm but, trying to go. I'm trying to go meta narrative, uh, and you you maybe nailed the true cause. What if that writer strike had never happened? Right, and it, reality TV had not gotten the boost it did. I watched this video too. I think I posted on my Facebook feed. It was from Occupy Democrats. They're like. <laughs> The, the true dumbing guy of the American public. And they were on a college campus there. Who's the vice president? Who it's, you know, like things, like basic, you know, questions. Nobody knew who won the Civil War. People couldn't. These yeah. two, and they're like, what show, what show is Schnooky on? Everyone knew Jersey yeah. Shore. You know, we are in the last stages of our democracy, I'm pretty sure of. And Do you know how you know there's a problem with the show Jersey Shore? When, uh, who was it? The DJ. Is it Paulie? Paul, was Paulie the DJ? I, you know, I can say I never. He, watched they had to tell him. Now the whole premise of the show. The funny thing is, it's called Jersey Shore, which because they're going to the Jersey Shore, most of the people were from, actually from Staten Island, right? But he wanted to bring his tanning bed <laughs> to the shore. Like, no, you can't bring this. I'm like, wait, you, that's really you don't. There, tanning salons don't do well at the shore. No, and for good reason. So, where are we at right now? Well, Mayor Giuliani, who was the nation's mayor during nine eleven, has become a third order demon from hell. Uh, big league, big league. Uh, Don, uh, let's see. Probably uh, Christie should go to jail for what happened with the whole uh, bridge thing. That is all directly related to him. So he he might end up. The great prosecutor may end up having to defend himself. 
And here we are. Here we are. I think there's something you're right about, about like this is, you know, that we say, they say we get the politics we deserve. And I, th- I think there is, and what's interesting too, is I wondered tonight going to the debate and, and these are two unusual candidates they in, are. in that I think they both have very high unpopular ratings. They're, they're, they're you know, they're, it, it, but I think that let's say we had candidates that on both parties, everyone could agree are decent people qualified, even though we, it's still, there's so few persuadables in the culture anymore. Like, like, like yeah. and, and the persuadable generally are not people that are principled, weighing everything. It's, you know, the undecideds tend to be people that are, they're like voting, you know, th- not thinking about the, they're going to vote, but they're not thinking about the election a few days before. That's why they run all the really negative ads, you know, like Mitt Romney eats out of the peanut butter jar. Puts it back with his finger. Yeah. Barack wow. Obama farts on his hand and smells it. Is that the hand you want on the button at 3 a.m.? Because, you know, there's, yeah. they work among the people that are tend to be less informed, you know. But, but then we're all, you know, it's funny because I talked to someone this week. The book is sitting here and the desk, mistakes were made, but not by me. And she's a social psychologist, Carol Travers, wonderful woman, lovely lady. And she just, her whole, her whole project is how we basically can't handle cognitive distance very well as human beings. And when something enters our field of thought that makes us feel uncomfortable and disrupts our own sense of who we are and the way we think the world should be, we just generally narrate in ways to block it out. And, and, and so it's just, and she talks about politics, medicine, science, marriage. So I think that it's, it's interesting that we're in a place where people have the stories that they want to have. And, I, and my sense about this debate is people are going to view it in really different ways, which and most of the lens they're seeing it was probably decided before it aired. Right, right. No, I think you're right. And, um, and so I guess the question is, why do we go through this long national agony? For uh, late night television, I guess for, for skits, for, for, for well, YouTube. You know, I, I for wish- China. I wish, China, uh, you know, I wish I had a word of optimism or word of hope. And, uh, well, I, I, you know, as a Christian, my hope is always in the coming, you know, the, the coming glory of God. You know, my professor of, uh, of blessed memory, you know, the coming vindication of God when all things will be made right, uh, Dr. Becker. But um, not, not a happy citizen tonight. Uh, I, I guess I could have been worse, so I, I feel a little relieved from that. Um, I may revisit my deacon's suggestion that we all smoke up a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, you know, pray pray for the pray for the peace of the city. You know, and 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 don't you know try try to be your you know listen to your better angels when you when you think about this election. I mean, those of you who are people of faith, actually let your faith influence you here. Don't just let your prejudices and your politics, uh, you know. Um, and I would say let your faith inform how you see people that disagree with you. I mean, yeah, I that's, that's, that's that more, is, that, I think that's, that's even more important. Because that is the, the thing that I think is, I mean, you know, it, it, the, the level of like, uh, whether. Sorry, I took the Lord's name. In it's, it's, I thought I heard it as a prayer. It is. Right? You know, it was. I mean, I, 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 I so agree. I am so. Um, I feel I feel a lot of distress about because whoever wins this election, right? Right. 
and it's close. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's really close right now, which I didn't foresee, you know, maybe nobody foresaw, like, it, it, like if you'd ask after the, the Republican convention and the Democratic <laughs> conventions, like just should have been landslide. I mean, and, and I'm saying like, listen to like, I've heard Republican commentators say this. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm trying to be descriptive here. I'm not tr- trying to say like, this is, but like, and surprisingly it's gotten close, but you know, it's going to be hard for, I mean, I think this is goes, I was going to say Donald Trump, but I think it probably goes both ways for at least a segment yeah. of people that vote against him, that this is an illegitimate election. All right. And so when people are saying that this person is the antichrist, this is, it gets very hard then to not think you've got to take up arms. You've got to do these things. Right. You've got to, you've got to do like, so, I mean, you, you have to. Yeah. I don't, I don't think either of these candidates are God's candidates. And if you say that, then you are antichrist. Either you're leaving out Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll think. You know, I had a friend of mine, I was talking to my day, a former uh, colleague, and way still a colleague of mine, but we were talking about this, and he said, this is the first year he won't vote for Republican. He's not voting Democrat, but he's not voting for Republican. And I said, well, I'm smarter than most of the conservatives I know, and I'm a better shot than most of the Democrats. So that's my <laughs> hope in the Civil War. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> But it, you know what? Uh, I, and I'm just joking there. Uh, bless her to peacemaker. And we need, we're going to need peacemakers in November. Yeah. And I think if you don't idolize, you don't need to demonize. Like, it would be. That's it, a great point. That's a, say that again. Yeah. If you don't idolize, you know, like, this is, I think I heard Tim Keller make this point on Morning Joe years ago. He was on with a rabbi where they were doing like segments. It's a really interesting thing. I don't know if they're doing it anymore, but they would, Joe Scarborough said that, you know, on Fridays and radios, they have clergy come in and talk about what they're going to talk about Sunday. Right. So periodically on Fridays, they invite clergy to come in. And, and somebody, Mike Barnacle asked Keller, what do you do about all the demonization? You know, the, right. the, the, the left demonizes right. Wall Street and conservatives demonize government. He said, well, you know, you, you demonize because you idolize. Like, so if you make an idol out of the market, right. you have to demonize government. Like, if you idolize, you know, government's ability to solve our existential social, you have to demonize the market and these other things. But if you don't idolize... You, you, you can disagree and you can even disagree, you know, with, with, with passion, but you don't have to make someone the devil right, or something the devil that isn't. Right. I, I think, you know, we have to look at our own shadow. You know, our visceral reaction to either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump may say more about our own shadow than it says about these individuals who we really don't know. My shadow is bigly, <laughs> bigly. <laughs>